You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm running about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site, you can get my Stardom Cinemcom, the in-depth look at all the plays you want to use here in Week 4 in fantasy football, as well as the ones you want to avoid based on matchups, usage, and other factors. So we do that here on Locked On Fantasy Football. We break down all the games in depth for you, and that's what we'll do again here to kickoff matchups look matchup Wednesday matchup Thursday it's a double shot we break down half the games today then we do the back half all the way through Sunday night and Monday night we know the big games this week are in the back end including the Patriots Buccaneers matchup where Tom Brady returns to New England with Tampa Bay and then closing with the Raiders Chargers but we're going to look at Thursday night football we have the Jaguars and Bengals and get through seven more of the 1 p.m. Eastern time games here on the show so lot to get to. Let's uh, dive right into it and look at that game. So, some fantasy value for sure to open the week uh, with this game. It may not seem like it's marquee, but there are certain guys you want to get in the lineup and could be very good for fantasy football. So, the Bengals are 7.5 point home favorites here. The over-under is 46, so pretty solid total. We expect the Bengals to win the game and move to 3-1, and one, one of the early season surprises here in the NFL. So, looking at the Bengals, let's start there. And the main guys, we're looking at Joe Mixon. He continues to deliver. He's been an RB1 here. Back end RB1 is where he drafted him. He's stayed healthy, done his thing, and part of, his, part of it is this offense has been really good overall, opening things up in the passing game. We're going to look at T. Higgins, see if he can get in some uh, time here to possibly play with the shoulder injury. Tough thing to return from, so could be a lot more of Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd who had big games against the Steelers. So I like Jamar Chase. I think he's a top 5 to 10 wide receiver this week overall. He just gets it done week in and week out, scoring on big plays. The Jaguars traded C.J. Henderson, one of their corners. They're not very good on the back end anyway, so should be a terrific game for the receivers that are healthy, and if Higgins gets in there, you get him in there too, but right now, definitely a Chase and Boyd looking pretty good as wide receiver 1 and wide receiver 3 respectively. Mixon stays as an RB1 with a positive game script. Joe Burrow in the top 12 borderline this week if you're looking for a player to make some big plays and continue the vibe that's going to happen here against his Jaguars defense, and he's going to be extra motivated with Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick that followed him uh, by the Jaguars this year on the lineup on the other side. And uh, keep in mind, these two met in a championship game. It was all Joe Burrow over Lawrence and uh, Clemson there with LSU. So that LSU connection, some nightmares are going to come up here as Burrow and Chase connect often here in another big game coming for Jamar. Maybe uh, 100 yards as well as that uh, touchdown that we're going to get. So it's good that maybe four fantasy managers have Boyd and Chase to have Higgins banged up a little out of the equation here to really streamline this offense a little bit more to those two guys. And Mixon is the bread and butter out of the backfield. We're seeing a little bit more of Chris Evans, but still it's Mixon's backfield. The Bengals defense, a great streamer this week. We know that. The Jaguars making a lot of mistakes. The Bengals 
making a lot of plays, getting after the quarterback. We saw that against the Steelers last week, forcing turnovers. And I think you'll have a good rate of success here doing that in prime time, emotional home bump. Always that defense gets it. Uh, the Cowboys had one for sure against the Eagles, got a pick six from Trayvon Diggs. So, and we know Trevor Lawrence can give up a defensive touchdown. It's, it can happen here. He did have one there against the Cardinals yielding that in week number three. So Bengals, good streamer there. Now, the Jaguars, I think you can play some principles in this game. Not Trevor Lawrence, but James Robinson got back on track. The Bengals' run defense is the middle of the road. They did struggle last week with Najee Harris. They gave him massive volume on checkdown. So you could see a lot of that for James Robinson in this game as well. As well as uh, trying to get him established with the running game. they got to take pressure off the passing game. A lot of uh, pass rush coming after Lawrence. The way you kind of curb that is to run the ball. So even a negative game against the Cardinals and a game that got out of hand early, you saw Robinson get a good chunk of touches. They realize he's one of their best players. Get the ball in his hands. Let him be productive no matter what the final score is in the end. If the Jaguars can keep it close early. That's going to help Robinson as well. So Robinson back. We feel like we can trust him now as an RB2 again. Now, DJ Chark, like him, and Marvin Jones Jr. LaVisca Chanel, people are trying to force him to line up with the routes run and all the targets and all that, but the production's not there. The main two receivers on this team are still Chark and Jones. So, looking at both of those guys, I think they chime in at wide receiver twos with big upside because the Bengals secondary is a mess. Trey Waynes has been banged up. Eli Apple's been out there. It's pretty bad here for Cincinnati as well. In the back end, you figure there's going to be high passing volume from Lawrence as well. So settle in nicely. Chark, I think, bumps up to wide receiver two. Marvin Jones, if he can get a touchdown, will be at that level as well. But a lot of good wide receiver options between both teams in this one. Basically starting everyone at the offensive skill spots here except for Lawrence in this game to open. So good start. I think this game will go over, and I think... The Bengals will cover, but I think there's going to be more points in general from both sides with the good garbage time from the Jaguars uh, there trailing big against the Bengals in the second half. Now, the next game we'll talk about, the Washington football team is going to play the Atlanta Falcons. It's a one-and-a-half point spread in favor of WFT. They go to ATL. It's a 48 over under here in this game. Washington's defense has just looked bad. You think with Chase Young and some of the guys they have at corner, just a good front overall. This might be a get-well game for them against the Falcons, definitely on the road. That's a possibility, but I just saw a lot of things I didn't like from the Washington defense. Really, going back to the Giants game, Buffalo was not pretty either that trip, so I'm not sure what you're going to get from them. I don't know if I would trust to start them. I think they're outside of the top 12. I'll just make it that clear. If you have uh, some better options, you're going to go there with their defense. They're going to get their skill position in, however. Antonio Gibson has a great spot here to keep rolling after the big play touchdown against the Bills. You got Calvin Ridley on the other side making a shootout, but Terry McLaurin has the better matchup in this game there to go after the Falcons' corner. So Terry McLaurin should have a nice bounce back here with a big game. Gibson keeps it going. Logan Thomas, you're rolling him out. That means Taylor Heineke is a decent streaming option for you this week. The Falcons' contained environment, no weather that you have to worry about, and I think they'll respond well with Matt Ryan. He's definitely usable this week. I think he gets multiple touchdowns. I think this is a week, finally, we've been waiting for. Ridley is going to go off as this uh, Washington secondary really struggling on the back end. All over, they can move around Ridley to get him in the best matchup. So if you've been waiting for that Ridley game that we've seen a lot in the past, especially in 2020, that comes here. 
I think Kyle Pitts is also going to look pretty good in this one. So Ridley and Pitts, uh, don't sleep on Olamide Zacchaeus making some plays here to help Ryan with uh, Russell Gage out. I wouldn't start Zacchaeus, but he definitely can help as a key receiver there, a third option for him. Cordell Patterson, you can't really slow him down. We have to see him not have a significant role in this backfield to really feel that way. But the Washington football team really struggling with tackling and the discipline. Patterson is kind of a gadget player here, so... Yeah, start him if you've got him, and that's why I feel like WFT's defense not going there, and certainly not looking at the Falcons' overmatched defense in this game either. But another game I expect to go over the 48. It should be back and forth. I still like uh, Washington winning this game over Atlanta, but really going to be close and uh, decided by one possession as the spread would indicate, and more fantasy points than it might seem on the surface. All right, so uh, we broke down two games on the show. We'll have six more to talk about, then we'll do the back eight of games tomorrow. Break down everything in depth here on Locked On Fantasy Football. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and football action of the season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use a mobile device this time today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 from football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Check them out right now. Get in on the action while it's getting hot here, both in NFL and college football. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny Iyer with an incredible app for Everyone who buys gas needs to know about that's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the new free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon in your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay a full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, that's TOUCHDOWN, to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's TOUCHDOWN there as your promo code at Get upside. All right, let's continue looking at the games that are in the 1 p.m. Eastern time window. The Lions are going to the Bears. 42 is the over-under, so not expecting a lot of points. Could this be a get-well game for whoever the Bears start quarterback? I'm not going to necessarily force in to stream Andy Dalton or Nick Foles, but if Justin Fields is out there, I think he has a rebound game this week. They're going to probably get him running a little bit more. We know the Lions struggled with Lamar Jackson last week, so the Bears need to incorporate that part of his offense for sure. I think they'll learn from some of the big, big mistakes they made against Cleveland when he only had six completions and nine sacks. Get him on the move. Get him in positions to push the ball downfield. So I think this is a good chance for Allen Robinson to get on track finally after a quiet start here with only one touchdown. Darnell Mooney might make a big play, but I trust Robinson a little bit more. Let's just get in the flow of Robinson. I think Cole Komet will also be used a little bit more. The Lions do struggle to cover the tight end. We saw that with Mark Andrews. So let's diversify the offense. Let's get fields on the move. Let's learn from what we did in Cleveland. I think you're going to see some of that correction here for the Bears. And that should also open things up for David Montgomery. So 
get well game. There's not a lot. The Lions defense has been scrappy and overachieving here, but I think they have a little bit of a wake-up call here. The Bears are going to figure things out in this game. So you've been waiting on your main guys to go off, and then you'll look at Robinson and Montgomery bounce back. Kemet, usable in deeper leagues as well as fields here. This week I also love the Bears' defense at home. Jared Goff can always make a big mistake. The Bears were actually playing pretty good defense against Cleveland. They were just worn down by their offense last week. So Khalil Mack looks like he avoided an injury. Looks like the left tackle for the Lions, uh, Taylor Decker, was going to miss this game. So... A little shake up there up front with the rookie Panay Sewell, maybe having to flip side. So that's usually good when uh, the Bears face that kind of offensive line issue. So Khalil Mack company, Roquan Smith can make a lot of big plays. Defense, a good place to go. So have faith in your Bears. This is a good spot for the rebound now with the Lions. You're going to stick with your principles. We know who they are. They're TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. We're not going to expand beyond that here. With the Lions, we're not going to force to find wide receiver value here, especially with Quintus Cephas being hit or miss here as his usage has gone here for the Lions. So yeah, really nothing to see here. Swift with volume and uh, receptions is going to get you the numbers you need as an RB2, especially in half and full point PPR. Hawkinson, bad game last week against the Ravens, but... The Bears can be pretty vulnerable against a tight end. We saw Austin Hooper dent the end zone for the Browns last week. So I think Hawkinson scores. I think he gets something like 6 for 70 in this game. And nice bounce back and live up to that high-end uh, tight end one that you drafted in this one. And another game I think that could easily sneakily go over. That low total of 42 there with the Bears winning this game outright at home with a three-point spread in their favor. Now let's go to the next game. We'll go to New York from Chicago and the Titans. Fun fact, the Jets used to be called the New York Titans, so it's really a double Titans game, and you can't get any better than that, really. I think we can. It's 44.5 is the over-under here. 7.5 point spread in favor of the visiting Titans, the new Titans over the old Titans. Now, we'll see if the teen Titans are involved in this, but... I know one guy that's going to be a superhero in this one, Derrick Henry. Lock it in for a massive game for Derrick Henry. DFS, we'll talk about that on lineup Friday. He's one of the players you absolutely have to target because the Jets are actually pretty decent against the pass. They've given up a lot of positive game script. They're really bad against the run. So I think this is a monster game for Derrick Henry. He's one of those uh, 150-plus multiple touchdown type efforts for Henry. Now, I don't think they're going to have to pass a lot. So Ryan Tannehill has to get his uh, production early. It's going to be off play action, maybe thrown to backs and tight ends. You also have the fear that A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are going to miss the game. Not looking good for Brown. Julio's already had some issues staying healthy for the Titans. So really, that's also going to force them to be run heavy this week. They'll find other guys that will work in multiple tight ends. They've also been without Anthony Ferkser. So it could be a lot of... Uh, makeshift uh, offense here with guys like Jeremy McNichols out of the backfield to help Henry, a little passing game to Henry as well, and then you have uh, Nick Westbrook-Akine, who scored last week. He might be their number one receiver. I don't love the matchup here against his Jets secondary, but I think Tannehill is more looking at 2-15-2 with some running stats here playing off Henry. I think so. you're looking at a uh, good output overall for this uh, Titans offense, so I think Henry is going to get his. Tannehill, let's hope he gets it out of the way early here. I don't think big plays are going to be available down the field. Now, on the Jets side of things, we want Michael Carter to be let loose. It's not going to happen quite here. The Titans are the worst pass defense in the NFL. They're secondary suspect. They don't really have pass rush. So maybe a chance for Zach Wilson to get a little comfortable. In deeper league, streaming options, uh, 2QB, super flex, Zach Wilson isn't terrible in this one. So 
Remember, he produced two touchdowns in week one against a pretty tough Panthers defense. It's been brutal the last two weeks against the Patriots and Broncos. This Titans defense, not nearly as good. But you could look at them as streamer, hope for a mistake from Wilson, some sacks there, especially without Makai Becton at left tackle. But really like Corey Davis to have a nice game here. Revenge game for Corey Davis, the former Titan, signed a nice deal with the Jets. He's still their number one receiver overall. You might see a shift at the next receiver with Elijah Moore dealing with a concussion. You might see the Jameis... Crowder in the mix there for the Jets and maybe can do some damage out of the slot, but I really like Corey Davis in this revenge game. Garbage time is going to be there plenty for Zach Wilson. I think it'll be a little bit better than what we saw against the Patriots and Jets and more like the Panthers game, except that I think you know, the Titans are the most vulnerable offense, defense by far the Jets have faced. And by the way, programming alert, the Jets get the Falcons next week. So it could be a nice turn of events here for this offense that needs a little bit of spark to get going here with Zach Wilson. The next game we go to, the highest over-under total of these early games. It's 51.5. Very close spread here. The Browns down to two-point favorites at the Vikings. So Browns 2-1, Vikings 1-2, but kind of mirror-image teams of each other, really. They are built the same way. Kevin Stefanski was the Vikings offense coordinator. He's now the Browns offensive-minded head coach. So they are really about play action, running the ball, setting things up for their quarterbacks. So I think Baker Mayfield Kirk Cousins are going to go off in this game, battle each other. So usual suspects with Cousins, uh, Adam Thielen in the red zone, Justin Jefferson all over the field. I think it's more of a Tyler Conklin tight end game. The Browns are a little bit more vulnerable there and have a little bit better secondary depth. So probably not a K.J. Osborne game. So a little bit Tyler Conklin if you're struggling at tight end. He got a lot of good looks last week and chance to maybe keep it going. That's what the Vikings really want to do, use their tight ends there to complement uh, Jefferson Thielen a little bit more. They just uh, haven't had the guys out there without Irv Smith Jr. moving on from Kyle Rudolph to put out that 12 personnel. But I think you'll see a little bit more of it. I think that's really what they're suited for versus the 11 with the three wide receivers. I think it's going to go matchup to matchup, but I think in this one, Conklin should see more action behind Thielen and Jefferson there than Osborne. Not going to play the Vikings. D, Dalvin Cook, we'll see if he can return from his ankle injury. He didn't practice all week and uh, was ruled out. Alexander Madison had a 110-plus yard game last week against the Seahawks, so you got to plug and play him. But once again, if Cook is on the shelf, if Cook's in, he's in, and there for a big game. On the other side, let's look at the Browns and their situation. I think Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, no-brainer starts here. I think this is a game where Odell Beckham Jr. makes a big scoring play. So I like that. I like Austin Hooper. I like Mayfield here. So a lot of good value here. Odell Beckham Jr. more is a wide receiver, too, with the upside. Austin Hooper is a back-end tight end one, much like Conklin on the other side. Nick Chubb, like uh, Dalvin Cook, slash Alexander Madison, an RB1. I think Kareem Hunt, you have to also look at him maybe having a top-12 finish. He was actually right up there in the top two last week in running back. So they're incorporating Kareem Hunt. The injury to Jarvis Landry really helps Kareem Hunt because that's where they throw the short to intermediate passes and all that. It also helps Austin Hooper with the bump there. So that's the development here. It's really the OBJ show deep and then check down to Hunt and work it to Hooper. That's what we're going to see, and those are the two guys that are going to help uh, Baker Mayfield have production. But this game is going to go over as well. High-scoring affair between these two, and that's good news for everyone involved here except the defenses. So Browns defense came up huge last week against Justin Fields and the Bears. Parked them against Cousins and the Vikings here in this game. I do like the Browns to win, but both teams to be very successful moving the ball. Very two uh, developed offenses, very proficient playing off the run. 
just good, solid, all-around play. That's going to be exciting for fantasy football. All right, we still have three more games to talk about on this show, but we have to take time to also tell you more about Built Bar. This week, you got to get in on the limited-time flavor. It's Cookie Dough Chunk. It is delicious, and we know Built Bar flavors are amazing, and you got to take advantage whenever you get a special flavor like this. Cookie Dough Chunk, get it before it's gone. Built Bar also has their awesome core delicious flavors. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. I always lean to liking the ones with chocolate. So cookie dough chunk I love, but peanut butter brownie is excellent. Double chocolate, salted caramel. All the bars you get from Bilt Bar soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate. There's something for everyone. The only way to find out what your favorite flavor is is to get a mix box where we get two each of nine flavors. Bilt Bar flavors are the best tasting, but they're healthy for you, too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams sugar, and also only 4 grams net carbs. Some bump it up to 18 grams protein, only 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, 5 grams net carbs. Nine amazing core flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And limited time flavors, you got to get in when you can with Cookie Dough Chunk. It is an amazing special Bilt Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, it's uh, time to close the show with uh, three more matchups. So we're really getting a deep dive in all these games. That's why we love Matchup Wednesday, Matchup Thursday. We look at things from a fantasy football perspective. Also consider the betting lines, which are important. Our next game we'll talk about here, the Colts going to the Dolphins. I like the Colts in this game. They need to get off the schneid here. They're 0-3. The Dolphins stumbled out of the gate at 1-2. They're 1.5-point favorites. The Dolphins are Brian Flores' team. 42.5 is the over-under, so very low in this game. Uh, only the Bears-Lions game is a little lower. I think this game actually might live down <laughs> to the expectations in this one. So look at the... Colts, why I like them to win the game, this is a game where they can get Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines, control the action with their running game. The Dolphins' running defense is really bad right now. They let Peyton Barber go off last week. They let the Bills combination do the damage. We saw the Patriots have success on the ground against the Dolphins. They are not very good at linebacker in the middle of their defense. They're much better equipped with their pass rush and secondary to get after it with Brian Flores, but Jonathan Taylor game, been waiting for that. It comes this week. They're going to feed him. Hopefully Quentin Nelson will be okay and can play. They got a little bit of scare last week with him going down again with an injury. So if he's out there, that's going to really help and really control the action here for the Colts. So, yeah, Jonathan Taylor looking for a big rebound game. I think he falls into a strong RB1 category this week. We also have uh, Naeem Hines having some value in half and full point PPR as a flex play that I really like. Michael Pittman could have some uh, tough sledding here with uh, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Again, you attack the Dolphins on the ground. That's what the Colts want to do. That's why I like the, them to win that way where you don't put it up in the air anyway. So Carson Wentz gritted through that game and played as well as he could against the Titans last week. He'll be a little bit healthier this week. So he's going to be more caretaker and facilitator. And they'll get it done. So not really like anything in the Colts uh, passing attack, but do like uh, Taylor and Hines in their respective roles this week uh, to help Indy control the action, finally get the first win of the season here after finishing 11-5 and in 2020. Now, let's look at the Dolphins' uh, side of things. Uh, Miles Gaskin, you really can't trust him. The Colts' defense, I think, is starting to get it together a little bit. I know they gave up a big game to Derrick Henry last week, but the Dolphins' offensive line 
and his running attack not the same. And you also have the issues where Malcolm Brown could see a bigger role here for the Dolphins. And uh, don't forget about Salvin Ahmed. So Miles Gaskin you can't trust. It may be a little bit committee approach for the Dolphins here. I think you can look at both defense in this game. The Colts are capable of making mistakes with Carson Wentz. You have Jacoby Brissett, the former Colt, starting for the Dolphins. So the Colts are going to know some of his tendencies here and uh, have their defense ready to make some plays. So we're looking at that. That's why I think it's going to be an under, going to be a pretty ugly game. So Taylor and Hines on one side for the Dolphins. I, I'm looking at Mike Gusecki. He's the only guy I might look at. The Colts can struggle underneath against a tight end. And we know Jacoby Brissett is dink, dunk, dink, dunk. I don't think he's going to have as much success getting the ball to Jalen Waddle. We really can't look at the Will Fuller or Devontae Parker with Brissett in there as well. So, yeah, it, it's tough. Gusecki, if you need him, I think he's a low-end tight end one, but the volume's certainly there with uh, Captain Checkdown, Jacoby Brissett throwing to him often and again. Avoid the backs. Gusecki, mild recommendation here, but uh, again, I think Indy win, did the defenses and the running game on the Indy side avoid the Dolphins committee. Now, let's go to our next game. It is the Panthers. The 3-0 Panthers. They're leading the NFC South against the leaders in the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys. Four and a half is the spread in favor of the Cowboys coming on a short week here of having played the Eagles on Monday Night Football. We look at the Panthers and uh, their situation. We know they're going to be without Christian McCaffrey. Chuba Hubbard, automatic plug-and-play. He's an RB2 this week. Christian McCaffrey, we know is the smash RB1 every week, but you're going to get at least pretty solid RB2 returns from Chuba Hubbard. He is this year's Mike Davis for Carolina, so enjoy him. Probably get two games out of him. Next game is uh, with the Eagles, so some opportunities there to get some production short-term if McCaffrey's on the shelf for your team. If you're not a McCaffrey guy, but you have Hubbard, you got to plug in Hubbard as much as possible. So, Look at that, and they didn't put him on injured reserve. We talked about this a little bit on Locked on NFL earlier in the week. That that's a good sign. That looking like he's only going to miss two games instead of the minimum three when you go on IR. So again, Hubbard plug and play. Feel comfortable about it this week. Cowboys are pretty good against the run, but again, the volume also working in the pass game. Potential p- chances to score here. Cowboys defense not exactly total shutdown. They played really well against the Eagles, but Panthers offense innovative, going to make some big plays. Now what we look at and what we're concerned about is Trayvon Diggs. Will they put Trayvon Diggs on DJ Moore? I think that's a good possibility in this game. So DJ Moore still starting. He's red hot. He's doing what he needs to do in this offense, but you can't look to Robbie Anderson. You can't look to Terrace Marshall. They just moved from Dan Arnold there. We'll see how they use Tommy Tremble, by the way, the rookie tight end out of Notre Dame. See if they work him in a little bit here behind uh, Hubbard and uh, Royce Freeman in this one. So could be a committee approach. Approach. We hope the game script is at least close enough where Hubbard is totally a factor throughout, but his uh, pass-catching ability is going to help for sure. So, yeah, DJ Moore might have to temper your expectations. I mean, really, a star is uh, being born here in Trayvon Diggs, and I always thought he should have been the first-round pick. The Cowboys got him to shore up that secondary. He's making a lot of big plays on the ball, so... Sam Darnold, if you need to stream him, you can do that, but maybe accept there might be some mistakes in this game if he forces the ball to anyone uh, that's covered by Diggs. And, uh, again, Diggs-Moore is going to be a good battle. So if uh, Moore underwhelms, don't be surprised. That's why I would avoid him in DFS, avoiding the other receivers. So Hubbard and Moore, where I'm going, if you're in a 2QB, deeper league, super flex, you can also look at Sam Darnold. He's playing that well enough where you're probably going to get multiple touchdowns in some form of Darnold, even if there are some mistakes 
as the stakes are raised with a better opponent on the road this week. By far the best team the Panthers have seen so far this season in their 3-0 start. All right, on the Cowboys side of things, uh, what kind of game do you expect? I mean, you look at uh, the Cowboys, they're kind of dictating the action based on the matchups. So whatever the best opportunity is there, whether it's running the ball or throwing the ball with Dak Prescott, they can do. That's how special their offense is here. So no J.C. Horn for the Panthers. They have Dante Jackson. So it was a quiet game for sure for C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, but both those guys will be healthier this week. Uh, remember, Cooper had a ribs injury in that Eagles game, and a, and they really didn't have to get going with those guys. They exploited uh, the Eagles elsewhere with the running backs and tight ends. So I think in this game, however, the secondary is where you're going to attack. I mean, a lot of uh, question marks back there with No Horn, who was playing really well for the Panthers. I know the uh, Panthers have had a pretty good pass rush, but the Cowboys can kind of keep them at bay. So I think you'll see the big plays downfield to Lamb and Cooper. I think they both finish in the top 12 this week. So really love their chances for a big rebound game. Not going back to Dalton Schultz at tight end. They're not going to go there as much this week. Matchups are going to open up downfield. And Ezekiel Elliott looking really good. If you were concerned with him after week one and then week two a little bit more because Tony Pollard was involved, don't be. I mean, Elliott looked fantastic and in great shape against the Eagles. He's going to keep producing really well here against the Panthers. A little bit of wake-up call for that defense. Still, I think, more vulnerable against the run than pass, but Dak is going to get his. So is CD, so is Amari, so is Zeke. Not going to extend to Tony Pollard this week. Not trusting tight end. Not looking at Cedric Wilson. Not going to the Cowboys defense, even after a big game against the Eagles this week, either, and certainly not going to play the Panthers defense against the most potent offense they've faced all year long. Finally, our last game will break down here for you. We'll do the back half again of the games all the way through uh, Buccaneers, Patriots, and Raiders, Chargers on uh, tomorrow's show and some of the bigger marquee games that we have. But you have the Giants and Saints. The Saints are seven and a half point home favorites, 41 and a half. So just when you thought the total couldn't get any lower from 42 and a half and 42, we have another game that doesn't seem ticketed for a lot of offense here, especially on the Giants side of things. So let's start with the Saints. Alvin Kamara, good, uh, nice uh, rebound game for him last week against the Patriots. I think he keeps it going. The Giants Lost Blake Martinez, their uh, fine inside linebacker. So there's going to be some things in the middle of the field that you can get Alvin Kamara going. So another guy in DFS to target. Kamara has a Kamara-type game, I think, back in New Orleans. They're actually going to be in the Superdome. So the fast track of the Superdome, the Saints are going to be pumped. They're going to play really well this game. So that uh, that's why I think Kamara is going to come out uh, blazing here. And I think the game script is going to be highly in the favor of the Saints here. This is going to be a James Winston handoff game. I think he'll get a... Big play from someone. I think that someone is going to be Marcus Callaway. They're going to move him away from James Bradbury, get that uh, job done here. Again, he's going to score for a second straight week. I feel it for Callaway being a little bit more involved. Again, it's going to be a different guy every week. We've seen Juwan Johnson. We've seen uh, Chris Hogan and some of these guys involved. But low volume for the Saints. That's why I trust Callaway the most. If you're looking for some uh, basic uh, wide receiver three deep league points, he can provide that for you. Kamara goes off for sure. The Saints defense, a terrific play this week. I know we haven't seen the Danny Dimes that, that turns into fumbles and all that here this season. Daniel Jones has been playing pretty well, but keep in mind the receiving core extremely banged up for the Giants. Kenny Galladay had his hip injury recur there that he had from the Lions last week, so that's a concern. He had uh, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton go down with hamstrings. We've already had Kadarius Tony and Galladay have some hamstring issues, so 
talked about the conditioning issues for the Giants. Who are they going to throw to? Is Evan Ingram really a guy that you're going to trust to Bruce and Daniel Jones? So how it's all boiling down is the Giants, the only Giant you can play, and this is all adding up to him being a bigger part of what they do with Jason Garrett now that he's fully healthy, not limited. It's Saquon Barkley. A little side note with Saquon Barkley, uh, just looking at uh, Gary Brightwell as being the new backup. So if you're looking for handcuffs and you want to change things up, Devontae Booker is no longer that guy. Saquon Barkley going to get a high volume, and that's also a good sign that they're trusting less in Booker. They don't need a veteran backup. They believe Barkley is fully healthy. So Saquon, Saquon, Saquon all day here for the Giants' check down, short passes, uh, pretty good volume until the game's out of hand here for NYG. But can't trust Jones when Ingram might be his best receiving option healthy here, and uh, the Saints secondary playing pretty well with a pretty good pass rush as well. So and Giants offensive line can succumb. So Saints defense, very good play. That's a good stack this week. I think Saints defense and Kamara that you can look at in DFS. Saints will take care of business here, 41 and a half. It might lean toward the under this one, but I do like the Saints to cover that number again. Emotional day when he returned to the Superdome, and that's a big, big factor I think that's going to be playing out in this uh, final game we're talking about here on Matchup Wednesday for week number four. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. That wraps up this edition of this podcast, Locked on Fantasy Football. Thanks so much for listening or watching. Have a great day, and uh, we'll be back to break down the back half of games tomorrow. Matchup Thursday coming up right at you.